0: It's the Dev Friday Show with Mark and Tim.
1: Oh, I, like I know No, no, it's, it, it is the Dev, it is the Dev Friday Show. Tim just, Tim just forgot to hit record. So he was slow on the draw to introduce it. And then Mark is realizing that he have himself shaving? I don't I know. What's, I must I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I obviously I, you know, never have
0: that problem. I probably should look at myself in the mirror in the morning, but <laughs> on Fridays, I only look at you two. <laughs> when I, we, blo- watch, when I we, watch the video back,
1: this when I actually see myself. <laughs> we know that's not true. We know that's true because basically you watch yourself. That's that's what, what I have come to realize in this whole thing is, and then you, then you watch the video again and try to turn it on to HD and you see yourself in HD. I'm and like, all that oh kind gosh. of I gotta, I gotta all that stop kind doing of this. Fun <laughs> stuff. I <gotta> stop <laughs> what a start! A little rocky, a little rocky, but we're both I think streaming. I think we both hit record. I don't know. I Who knows?
0: Yeah, all right. Man, I'm like I'm like I'm okay. yeah, I'm
1: yeah. I think we may need to. Somebody needs to call the <laughs> the emergency room for for Mark and get him shipped yeah. over to get him shipped over there. Really, really to quick. turn off so, my
0: video. It's gonna get obscene in here. <laughs>
1: I'm going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to turn off <laughs> this, turn off that. All right. So this is like, I think this, we, new level of unpreparedness on this one. Because you just dropped in like 30 seconds before we started. And you said something that surprised me. I must admit, I was taken aback by it a little bit. You said you had to reboot your computer. I thought you were running Linux no it's it's been smooth sailing except for
0: obs is a little, little bit like it's it's a virtual cam feature in obs which i oh, love you oh
1: yeah 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 i love
0: using obs too as my uh primary kind of video what's the word not distribution but kind of my my primary I kind of your, video source video for all utility, the other applications yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so if i'm running a zoom session if i'm running this we're on restream right now you know anything i need to feed my video through i like Starting you go with OBS. Through
1: OBS so you can do some some changes to stuff. And, and, and... it was
0: working. Actually, it was working fine. I, I taught my class on Wednesday uh, using it. Um, met with some students. It's totally fine. And I didn't, for some reason, if I don't reboot my computer in a while, which is what happened this week, then, and I try to open up OBS again and turn on the, the virtual camera and nothing happens. Press the button. That's weird. And the only way to fix it is to reboot my computer. So that's what I had to do about two minutes before we were supposed to uh, start
1: today. See, that's the thing. Because like I look at... Now the uptime for my desktop is surprising because it's only 24 days, but I know there has been times when my desktop has been up for months at a time. Yeah. yeah. Without I mean it doesn't there's no need to reboot like it doesn't need to be rebooted, right? So that's that's surprising. Now I have the same philosophy and I do don't do it with OBS. Everything that I do goes through uh through the A 10 mini. Um so Look I can, you
0: sound professional. I know, there.
1: I know, right? So the I can A10 do, mini. I can I can punch different things. We well, because I take feeds from the different computers. The thing that Zoom, it's ter- the thing that's terrible about that Zoom, if you do a screen share, has it's like a high fidelity screen share most of the time. Mm-hmm. But if you're just sharing your video or you're yep. like mapping your input video to your to your can what Zoom thinks is a camera, it does not. It does it it does. There's there's much compression going on that is not good for text. Yeah, and you will see
0: this if you if you are a developer and trying to share your screen. With other mm-hmm. developers and try to show what you're working on. If you just if you forget to share your screen, you're just talking. And maybe you have like me you're switching the through like OBS or some type of video editor. We can switch to your between your desktop and your camera view. I'm doing that behind the scenes, like outside of Zoom. But right. then if you forget to share your screen, they'll say, "Oh, I can't, I can't read it. It's like fuzzy." Right, that, it's fuzzy because right, then you yeah. have to
1: like share. Well, and for me with Zoom, you have to go share screen. Then you say share content from a second camera, and you actually share the camera. And then it's weird too because it still has your face sometimes. Like, like it's actually your video feed plus your share. It's weird, but yeah, yeah. I, we actually have a sticker that I don't know. I think my camera's reversed, so I don't think anybody can read it. And obviously, if you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, it's hard to read. I but can't it's read. A little. It's a little. It's a little sticker that says "You sharing" and it has the share screen button because of the amount of times some people on our team talk and then you're like, "Wait, do you think you're sharing your screen? Like you're walking us through something? Do you think you're sharing your screen?" It's like, oh. <laughs> I thought I was sharing my screen. So we have a little. We sent a little sticker from the for the last dev meeting. You know the that gift annoying- box. That gift box that you didn't get. You yeah. yeah I, that, I'm, that I'm still waiting for it. They're still waiting for it in the mail. Bunch of, bunch of bunch of stickers. The one thing I hate stickers. about Zoom
0: though, when you share your screen, that annoying
1: yeah. bar at the top oh I know you can you can I know never you can move
0: it put it you in can, a good place and if you have dual monitors if you remember you can move it to and your other screen. other monitor yeah but i've actually had that actually crash zoom on me too so i don't know if i would highly it recommend it gets confused
1: that. it gets confused when it's not in the screen you're sharing but, but it's yeah. so
0: difficult when i'm trying to share my screen and per, per, for the purposes of sharing code or sharing what i'm doing mm-hmm. in an application and my cursor is moving around and if your cursor goes up to the top there that bar takes over and it takes forever for it to go away and it's just
1: it it's is super so, super annoying so annoying the one thing I can't figure out too, I think I finally actually realized how this works. But have you ever used the annotation tools in Zoom? Like um, to write on a screen, student coll- sharing.
0: My colleagues do because they they do when they do their their critiques or their reviews of student yeah. work, they'll mark it up. I haven't. I don't know. I I think
1: I tried it once or twice, but I haven't uh, haven't played with that too much. I find that once I get in that mode, I I, I can't figure out how to get out. Mm. <laughs> it's like I just want to click around normally now, and and it like takes over. I think it's right click or something got me out of it the last time. I was like, "Oh, is that what they that how they do it?" But no, I'm I'm actually I don't know if I would say excited because right now, for those who, who know my setup, um, I have my Linux desktop and then I have my Surface Studio laptop, and the Surface Studio laptop is what I do all my Zoom or this show on, um, and uh, it has another, it has a second monitor too that I have Slack loaded on all the time, so I can you know have this separate from my code. But when I'm talking with devs in the team and I have to share the code, it's like, well, if I just hit the button on the ATM that puts me down in the corner, which is great for presentations, right? Like, it's great for that YouTube, like, hey, my head's still going to be in the bottom corner, but I'm going to show you the screen. But it's terrible because Zoom doesn't do a great job of that. And then I have to click, yeah. click, 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 share screen, do all this weird stuff. So I am kind of excited to hopefully transfer my use of Zoom over to my desktop machine. We'll see then how well Zoom runs on Linux. I hear there's some interesting things.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing, too. It's kind of interesting, too. Like, that. Linux is a beautiful thing. It's, it's amazing. It's so my my computer's running faster. My laptop especially is running faster. My uh, my we talk about your Windows service I have the Windows Surface Go laptop. And I love Linux on it cuz it just feels like a faster battery life, eh, give or take. It, you know, I don't I don't think it's much of an improvement from when it was running uh, Windows on it, but definitely from a speed and yeah. just responsiveness. Yeah. Oh, and, and Emacs Tim it runs so <laughs> smooth on Linux. Like that's honestly that we is the reason a why large I went
1: listener base. That that's is like why I went
0: back to Emacs on,
1: on on Linux. Yeah,
0: Linux on every on every one of my computers. I even installed Linux, um, Pop OS on my school my school work computer, right, right office computer. Right. And now it's like the drive is encrypted. So if I do anything fishy at school, they won't know it's encrypted. It's on Linux. Yeah, it requires totally secure. Your password they can't to get track in. me.
1: No, because I'm running my VPN. It's perfect, right? Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. We're back into this weird, like you know. Money launderer but, or professor type of a. But there question. are like
0: you you mentioned there are like certain applications are a little bit not as well supported on Linux as they are on Windows. Like I was talking about with OBS, like the OBS does one run really really well on Linux, but then the one feature that I really like is the virtual cam feature that I could basically run the video feed through other it basically creates like a virtual camera that I could assign that virtual camera in other applications. And it's I have to install like an extra plugin for for that to add that feature, and that plugin just doesn't seem as reliable. On but on Windows, it's it's totally smooth. It always works, and it never crashes on me. It runs, it feeds it through any application, and it's um seems seems to be well. Zoom, yes, there are Zoom seems to be a little bit slow and clunky. I've heard
1: that it's, Zoom gets confused about your audio device. Like I have devs on the Some, team that it's like every time they boot up, they're like, oh, I got to go find the setting to and be I, like, use this mic.
0: And I wonder if, in you know, I got, it seems like I updated Pop OS on a bunch of my computers this week and a ton of updates. It seems, I don't know, this week from the audio, I saw the same thing. Like the default audio switching was always happening, not just in Zoom, but in other applications. Like when I join you on Fridays, I always had to verify, is my mic selected and is my speakers head selected? right It right. seems it was working fine this week. So well, I don't good. know if some Pop OS developers pushed an update that fixed some of this audio default audio switching or not, but it's it's working pretty well. So,
1: yeah, I guess it was most of the devs that were on Ubuntu, and I had one dev I think that was on Ubuntu, and moving to Pop OS, it seemed like it cleared up that whole yeah change your default audio like to something stupid. Like I, I've I, occasionally had like it, I, I've occasionally had Pop OS go from using my actual output to using my HDMI output, which is pointless because I don't. Have speakers plugged into my screens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that only happened to me once. Usually, it's Pop OS has seemed pretty stable that way. So,
0: yeah, and I, I did have before before going, doing this big switch back where I'm always going to stay Linux forever now, Tim. But <laughs> over is the that, summer when, I was, when I was going back, Linux, and forth, Linux for yeah, life. Yeah, I did. See, I did see the same. Yeah, Linux for life. That should be a hashtag. Linux for life. A hashtag. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Even, though I'm not, even though I'm not on Twitter anymore, hashtag Twitter for life. Wait, are you not? Are you not on Twitter? Well, did I'm you still get on off Twitter. of Twitter i popped in this morning just to check it out and see oh what am i missing because i haven't been on for a couple of weeks i'm like oh not much
1: not much not much <laughs> lots of lots of people leaving twitter that's what it it's yeah like. that's actually some what I some voluntary that's some actually what i did
0: try to i went i was curious about that because the news that uh, that elon musk rolled in this week with his own developers and and, and turned oh, it upside didn't see down that. Did, he,
1: did he roll in with his own developers
0: well remember I, I when he last week when he the deal got closed i think it got closed like thursday before a show or something like that he he rolled into twitter that Thursday or that Friday, with a sink, with a sink, or is to create a pun, a saying before, yeah. "Let this sink
1: in." Oh, was that Elon was Musk that is let, here? Let it sink yes. in. Is that let what? Let it sink in. Oh, so he was carrying the sink. I was okay. like, "All right."
0: <laughs> but then he, yeah, he brought his own Tesla developers in. Pretty much locked out the, the Twitter developers and uh, just reviewed the systems, the code, and it was going to make a decision of who was going to stay and who's going to go. And I guess that's happening
1: had, today. So I had not seen that much of it. I didn't know he brought. So in I have his a former, a former. Team. When I remember from the Menu Genie days. Yeah, I remember Menu Genie. Some a of previous... our listeners may not remember Menu Genie. They might oh. not, not remember that Menu Genie was there, right? Menu Genie the cusp. was
0: the Grubhub before Grubhub was in
1: the Lehigh Valley. Right. I like how you do that. It wasn't before Grubhub was, but it was before Grubhub expanded to this specific territory that Menu Genie served.
0: Yes. And then <laughs> okay. they
1: crushed us like a bug. <laughs> and Just now right i mean now even uber is delivering food aren't they yeah I there's so I many there's I don't, I don't like do doordash uber eats Scrum it always Hub, comes cold everything. i don't do that I'm, really? i don't I'm trust i don't trust uber or any, any especially, food like the delivery stickers, service the stickers they no. put over those bags yeah. to be like so it's sealed
0: you know unless it. you're gonna you do, do some I... like sandwiches subs right okay. something that i don't i kind of works well for delivery. then i'm all about it but okay if, okay but if if it's like hot food come on i'm not
1: no, but I've, I've seen it. I've seen it like at the at Five Guys and Chick fil A. Like they 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 fold over the t- to go bag and they put they slap that sticker on that says mm-hmm. sealed for. That sticker's not sealing anything. Like these bags are slick; they'll just pull it right off. You you don't think your driver's stealing some fries on the way home with your Five Guys? I'm pretty sure he is. I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's I, I'm so I'm, gross. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> he's I'm just, pretty he's sure he's just handing, putting his hand in your bag the whole yeah, time. as you just I driving. Mean, <laughs> but like, okay, tell me this. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever driven home with a Five Guys order? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Is it possible I, to be I, in the I, car with a bag I, of Five Guys and well, not sample a fry or two? I, I Yeah,
0: especially when they, they, they just they just dump the fries in the bag. I know, the they're bag. just they like, I'm just, gonna them, I'm just going to just so throw them Just so they could have you. this effect of like, oh, we, we give you so many fries that the, right. they'll... The the container, the yeah. like the cup that's supposed to hold them yeah. cannot maintain it, it, it the amount of fries we're going to be putting in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it, normal people would be like, maybe we should get a bigger fry container. Five Guys is like, no, no. Yeah. This feels this this makes everybody feel like they're getting extra, but it's always the same. Like yeah. you get this idea that oh, they just threw in the extra stuff they had. No, they cooked a specific bag of fry, a batch of fries for you, and you got them all. But. Anyway, so it's impossible. So, it's imp. I, I <laughs> so I say it's impossible for that DoorDash deliver to deliver your Five Guys and not not take a fry or two. I just I don't agree. think. I, I don't think that's even, even possible. That's you kinda, can't you're be really a car.
0: grossing me out though. Though well, that's why I don't do the food. That's why them you don't. Yeah, I don't trust yeah, it. Hopefully, trust
1: them. hopefully, because you see, yeah. That's not a sub. Now a Subway, you can't steal something off of a Subway sandwich without somebody knowing. <laughs> like if you have not been through the Subway training, yeah. I don't believe you can wrap a sandwich in that way because like every time i unwrap it and try to wrap it again to save like half of it you know you know it was not wrapped at a subway you know some some un untrained unskilled worker has wrapped it so i i feel like if you got a wrapped subway sandwich you know they haven't got into it well getting back to twitter employees <laughs> i actually had something meaningful <laughs> to say about this i am i am playing your role today and it is i gotta say it is fun
0: and the reason why i brought the many gene is because we did have an intern from lehigh she was in she was finishing up her senior year at lehigh she was a computer science major and we got her as an intern i don't know why she worked she thought working for many G would be a good thing but i guess she wanted to kind of see what a startup was like so she was like all right i'll i'll be an intern with you work for you about like six to nine months she was a really good developer really smart um, and then she, uh, she, after she moved on from us, she went to work for uh, Amazon. She moved to Seattle, worked at uh, Amazon headquarters for their, um, I'm not sure what part of Amazon. I think it was their, their cloud services, AWS, I think. And she worked for there for a while and then she moved to Twitter. So she's been at Twitter for a few years now. Okay. Um, and she's always been tweeted about how she loves the experience and she's you know, has a lot of friends there and she's always talked about it. And then once the Elon thing happened, man, she, and she was not an Elon fan to begin with. <laughs> once he started making rumors that he was going to start to uh to buy the place and uh take it down or, or rework it or do whatever so but i was curious about that this morning because i've heard hearing about you know the possible layoffs i was curious what she was saying she did tweet a couple things she doesn't know where she's at yet you know this morning so she hasn't been notified if she's one of the ones who are selected to stay or go so
1: i believe well from whatever i've been seeing you know because you no longer have access to any of the tooling the tooling what do you mean like that's what that's what I saw in the headlines is that pretty much people found out last night at mm. like eight eight o'clock local when their access to internal tools was just mm, yeah. yeah, Slack. Yeah. Nope, no more slack access. I guess yeah. that means um I'm on the way out, so Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's
0: it'll, it'll be interesting times, especially I think yeah, not yeah. just not just with Twitter. Well, I don't know, we talked about how I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of what Elon. I think is going to be doing. He's going to turn to WeChat, the, the the American version of WeChat. And the last thing that I want is my identity to be to be tied to a payment system that somebody can control. So I don't. I don't
1: Especially know. since the listeners of this podcast already know what companies you have credit cards with and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah. You really need to. If you want to see a full list need, of that? We'll <laughs> talk about that last we, week. We need yeah. it. We need it. <laughs> We're going to make sure we don't expose anything else. <laughs> On, on marks Mark's financial but it season. will be interesting
0: to kind of see what what happens over you know the next year with with Twitter and how that gets reworked and then also with other companies too because I think it's going to be a rough time over the next six months to a year as there's shufflings like stripe is doing a big layoffs
1: oh are they they announced I think they announced like what 15 20 percent well today's the time to announce the layoffs that's for sure because no one's gonna pay attention to you <laughs> but <laughs> uh, well I, um, I saw I saw the other day well the other day so we had a couple months now twilio's laying off 11 percent or was in the process of laying off 11% of the workforce. So, uh, but the one thing out of it all, I know, I know it's uh, we probably shouldn't be talking about it because there's varied, varied and very passionate uh, opinions about all of this stuff. But like the one thing I see is these 12 hour shifts and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, we, we have to work hard to deliver these goals and I get it. I get like the point, but to me, that's never, that's never resonated with me for, uh, mm-hmm. for work. I don't find my, like, I don't find my meaning from work. I'm sorry. Like there's parts, there's part of, 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 a of your personality and, and, and how you value yourself from the thing that you do for employment, from the thing that you do to make money. And I get that, but not to the point that I'm like, no, this is my life. You want me to work a 12 hour shift? I'm sorry. I'm looking someplace else. Like immediately. That's, that's just not going to happen. Well, that's kind of what was what elon was threatening i think over the past
0: week when he brought oh yeah they are That's what I think they are he he said like okay you have one week to revise the the blue the blue checkmark system. Oh, the check mark system twitter blue whatever yeah, it is. yeah yeah uh
1: which that's another issue well, twitter about, like, twitter blue is a different oh, thing the, yeah. the blue well, checks they're are going to rework thing.
0: that they're going to rework that that system whatever so yeah, like, yeah, 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 gonna, yeah. You know, well elon says i'll give you one week you're going to work 12 to 16 hours a day we're going to see who's committed Right. And going to and see I'll who can like, actually be productive, <laughs> implement this new thing that I'm that I'm just telling you, you have to get done in one week, and then we'll make a choice of do you stay or do you go?
1: Yeah, and I would be like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did not yeah. sign up for that. And, and well, anyway, I, are, are, are you
0: are you going to be signing up for your blue check mark?
1: Oh, if I can you're pay, pay eight, $8, eight dollars a month to have my identity verified. You see, that's one of the things where like I would do that probably. Like it, it but eight, nobody's
0: dollars a month, though, like probably eight, you're not. Really on the hook, not, not, not almost a hundred dollars a year just to have for a little blue authenticated checkmark next year. But I can Twitter. see the
1: value for it, because also it was like out of after a while you could apply with the right credentials. And then they were like, no, no, only only super important people can apply. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, thanks for that. And mm. I get the I get the philosophy a little bit because, I mean, there, it's been pretty clear he doesn't think the bots on Twitter are a good thing. You know the the fakevous yeah agree with her. well let's let's say it. it took me having seven kids I think sick maybe six or seven it wasn't until the seventh Twitter account I signed up for for my child <laughs> that they finally were like we think you might be spamming
0: <laughs> <laughs> so oh my. so that's that's
1: what it that's what it took me before they're like wait a second this feels like this is one person running a massive Twitter and it's like yeah but they're for my kids so come on and they were like oh okay <laughs> look,
0: look at the faith that you're showing in Twitter that's going to be around for forever. Where oh, you're, you know you want to have an account ready for your kids just to roll in when they're ready to actually start to be a, a, a social media adult. Let's, let's be talk the step this into that bit. world. Let's creating this. Let's start I never did that: I do I do have a rule though, which I did, do apply. I do okay. as soon as I, as soon as we have a kid, I buy their domain name but I have that reserve. Of course you buy their domain. Make sure name. make sure you have the dot .com for your kid. <laughs> you always should do that. First and last name. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I never have done like a social media account for them. I so said like, Bart's okay, like, I'm going <laughs> to
1: name a star after you.
0: No, I bought a domain name. <laughs> right. Make sure it's a dot
1: .com. Got to. Yeah, like the the top level. This is the best domain names. The ones that end in com. Right. Yeah, well, you know, the thing that it, the reason, one of the reasons I do it, and I've actually run out now, I can't get them all their, like, what I would consider the best username for them. The first mm-hmm. initial, sec, you know, middle initial mm-hmm. and last name because someone was already taken. It's like, I hate it when you go to a service and you're like, okay, I'm finally going to sign up for this. And you realize, nope, somebody has because I'm TJ Lytle mm-hmm. everywhere. And then it's like, well, I don't know. I'm probably not going to use you. If I can't get that, if I can't get mm-hmm. that, that username, I'm I'm probably not going to use you or that. You know, or or let me use a, a email address as my you know username or, or something like that. Or, but yeah, yep. So that's that's why that's why I do that. But it took that long for them to think that I was spamming them or creating bot accounts or something like that. Well, it's like I
0: I think there is some like you said there is some value in that type of service where you can do some verification and to show the yeah, verification. Like, just let us would, all
1: do it for. But let's just, just let us all prove
0: that. Or, yes, I am me. And, there's the only I, one I don't, me. and i don't mind paying a nominal fee like if it was like 20 bucks a one-time to fee to do it to get in there yeah and then you got it and then you and you went through the process and it, it was good to go and then right. you I, I would be kind of fine about that but you know I me mean? i i'm like every week i'm reviewing my list of subscriptions that i subscribe to every and week. always just evaluating you hear I, that I do because like, you hear that new york times games i, I do i have a, an emacs org <laughs> money document that basically lists all my subscriptions that I do. And just it's just a reminder of, like, this is all the money that's being sucked, being just drained from my life. Automatically
1: withdrawn from me. Just,
0: yeah. Re- yeah. Like, yeah, and I do have a list of yearly subscriptions. I pay, you know, save some money to pay them in bulk for for the year. And then I have a, my list of monthly subscriptions. And I'm always looking at that monthly. I'm like, you know, I just... I cancel it? Can I cancel it? Is like, how much do I use it? Mark is far more
1: organized about this stuff than me.
0: Oh, because it really bugs me. Because I feel like the subscription model, even mm-hmm. though I totally understand it's a business model. Yep. And it, it totally makes sense. And but as a user, I'm like, oh, it just feels so draining. Feel like, oh, like, do I really? I'd rather. I, that's why I understand, I lean towards if I can do the yearly thing. Mm-hmm. If I feel like okay, I, I get value out of this product. I know that I'm going to use it a good amount over the next year. Like an educational product. Like I right. use for, it for um, a year
1: and then maybe see what you're going to do. Like I
0: there. paid, like, do, I paid for do du- the family, yep. the family plan, uh, educative, which I, I talked about that. It's a great kind of edu- kind of a text. Yeah. That sounded really text, interesting. Text based kind of quiz based online yeah. learning system for, for tech. Uh, so I'm just using that for myself to kind of refresh on some things and, uh, learn C++ kind of helped me out with that. Uh, but I, so I don't mind and I, f- I feel like I can save money. Like if I can, you know, you pay like 70, pay 70% of what I would do for the monthly thing. Then yeah, I would definitely pay, pay up front for that. And I feel like I get value of that, but just the, you know, those $10, $15, $20, sometimes $5 little mm-hmm. subscriptions mm-hmm. just add up and you don't even think about them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that I don't is, know. that's the truth. But then I'm paying $10
0: for a search engine every month. So I, I was going
1: to say, and then you buy your <laughs> domain names, which are yearly. So, I mean, there's a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta find. Out. I'm not. Gonna, hey, I'm not gonna say who I buy my mainstay
0: through because I've given enough information out in the show. Right, right. But you, if you do shop around, there are some good places, some reputable places that don't spam you and you get good values. You know, don't don't go to GoDaddy
1: because they just keep raising the go prices. GoDaddy is ridiculous. And then they, then they're gonna
0: like spam you for other products
1: and yes, other yes. I mean, plus being like just. I mean, GoDaddy. Come on, come on, yeah, come on. But uh, namecheap, namecheap is a good place. Namecheap is good. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a bunch of them, but. Yeah, I remember back. I wouldn't pay day, more than
0: like twelve dollars, twelve
1: to oh, no, 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 no. You're fifteen about like, for a domain. I yeah, really twelve? Is that what it's up to for now? for like a .dot com .dot net? Yeah, .dot com really? I thought I was getting them back when they were seven, eight dollars. Yeah. Has it gone up? Oh since yeah. Then? Well, that was back back in the day. Too. Back in that. But wise. if you go
0: if you go to GoDaddy with if you the pay price day, of
1: gas, I mean, they shipping those just, domains just cost so much. They like to give you a discount for the first
0: year, but they're going to jack it up to twenty dollars a year. Is that what they every, do? Something like that. Yeah, man. That's, but I, getting, had
1: a, no, I had a thought. you were talking about all the services. I had a thought and then I could just yeah. completely went away. So I don't know what it is now. Getting back to Emacs, Tim. Getting, we, I, we, we weren't there. We, 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 you talk about it, but we weren't there, but getting okay. Back getting to back my to my favorite tool
0: on Linux. To Emacs. All right. Doom Emacs and mm-hmm. nothing I discovered, I think it was actually, I discovered it last week, but I didn't really talk about it too much, was the fact that, no, I did talk about GitHub Copilot. Yes. I was using CoPilot with Visual Studio. And I did feel, Visual Studio Code, I did feel, I don't know if that's a Linux compatibility issue, if Visual Studio Code just feels slower to me than on Linux than it
1: does on, on Windows.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, just a Visual Studio Code thing or, or not. Uh, but they I... They do a little check. I,
1: They're like, is operating system Linux? Sleep
0: one. <laughs> yeah, put, put a little bit of delay there. Slow the clock down a little bit. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, okay, I, I was really like enjoying... Uh, github copilot but in visual studio and linux just kind of felt clunky and felt kind of slow really? so I just did some searches like can i actually get copilot running with emacs and there is a developer who what? has an <laughs> emacs package that for that because um if you look on github copilot's site they have plugins for um the JetBrains, they have uh, for visual studio and also NeoVim, which is a variation of vim uh, as like a vim plugin so what this developer did was he converted uh, you know, took took the open source uh, NeoVim plugin and converted, made an Emacs package out of it, and it works great. And it's super, super fast. So I'm like coding along in my Emacs and my 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 visual mode, Vim mode, and kind of moving around and kind of seeing the auto completes that are happening. And I'm getting giddy, Tim. Giddy. Like I like the suggestions that it's making. It's so funny when I'm like using it, like the either from the one line to the two line suggestions that it says. It's good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just gonna write that anyway. Like you read my mind. Now I don't have to write it
1: it's like it really Were you seriously write like it? magic or was that the algorithm of a professor <laughs> at a at a at a college that you just thought after <laughs> you saw it you're like oh yeah that's what i would write if i was him so like the one line completes have been magic i love that
0: and then also something happened one line completes
1: was... are like a if and then all of a sudden you're like well obviously you mean the variable right above it yeah. and probably the variable you know some other thing and oh look at you did something similar so let me guess so those type of one line completes and so for this week, for my object-oriented programming class, I was mm. trying to
0: give them like a starter kind of game template. So I was like, to kind of speed up towards the end of the semester, I'm going to be asking them to make a game. So I thought, well, why don't I just give them some some kind of starting files that does a lot of boilerplate stuff? Because I really, you know, I, I, I don't mind if I give that code for them and then they can build on top of it. right? And also kind of similar to what would happen in the real world anyway. So I was writing some, uh, some class files to manage like the window, like a game window. So I started up a new, you know, window.py, and it was a, class, a Python class. I just did class window parentheses. It suggested to me, like I, it must have been like a hundred lines of code. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, really. And I looked at the suggestions, like, oh, well, why not? Why don't just hit tab? Let's see what it does. <laughs> <laughs> so hundred lines was, just, was inserted into my code. I looked at it, and it it did make sense. It was like it was mostly properties and getters and setters so like properties that would pertain to for the window like you know the x and y the width height the uh the, the surface you know when you're using pygame you're writing to like a surface um object for the window so like a lot of different properties and getters and setters to to modify uh, that you know also also some references to pygame and how for drawing to the window and it it worked now it wasn't perfect which especially the large blocks of code is not 100% perfect i did have to go back and you know rename a couple of things or to my preferences or to just to maybe or delete a couple of things but the suggestions that i made i was like wow this actually it saved me a huge amount of time to basically have this uh, like over 100 line class file that i didn't have to write myself so i was like okay good so like i said I, every time this happens too i get giddy i laugh inside because i'm like this is like a pleasurable experience i'm like i'm, I'm really enjoying programming Make right now programming fun again by not actually programming <laughs> exactly <laughs> So like I was using it as as a teaching tool to do like live coding, I was, like I was talking about, which that's been a great right, experience because right. it's, it's it has sped up the the time I mean, actually I'd physically type the code in front of students, but just also just putting
1: together large amounts of code that just like see, especially the boilerplate stuff. That's the, boil, that's the, 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 the one time plate it makes stuff. sense because you said physically type. Yeah, and you do actually physically type. I, I I it just bothers me when people say, oh yeah, that was it. I want to see it physically on the screen. No, you're not. It's not. It's virtually. It's not there. You know like that they like they talk about it being you know a physics. it's no no it's not it's not it's never mm-hmm. physically anyway so but yes you do physically type and that made that faster <laughs> That made that faster so that's that's yeah. i like that yeah i like that
0: well until we can actually get to the point where we can just think about the code and it just appears on the screen like right. once we can get wired in which you get that neural in, link thing yeah we get the neural link that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that elon's also working on that
1: right we can, uh, eventually get to that point you know he's not actually working on it right He's convinced people to work ridiculous hours and sacrifice their lives to try to create this. That's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, sign me up. Beta. See, beta beta version, version one. Beta version. Plug just, me in. Let's go. Vars uh, like I don't want any of your Twitter thing, but yeah, yeah. Something <laughs> that goes into my mind. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, I had a couple. OK, you're more. We got more Emacs. No, the, it's uh, just like
0: I think I think I'm I think I'm done with my Emacs and my Linux love for this week. But, OK, um, like I said, it's but that's also interesting, too, about, about Linux, where there is like a couple applications like you. And I think I've, I've asked you this before, like, is there like one or two applications that you, could, that you can't live without or you feel like you're drawn to because they work really well in the platform? Because I believe that's why I went back to Linux was. When I was using you know these other IDEs, and I still use I like I said I have the JetBrains IDEs installed still, have Visual Studio Code installed, so I'll go back to that every now and then for certain things. But the reason I was drawn back to Linux because I was trying to use Emacs on Windows, it always just feels felt like a clunky experience. But then once I went back to Linux, it's it's super fast, smooth, and it makes my like I said it, it makes my job of what I do every day by either preparing code or, or working on projects or it makes it just a better experience. So like the tools are so, so important for for developers for just feeling good about what they do. I think at least for me it does.
1: Yeah. For me, they will use the applications I can't live without. I mean, it's, it's going to be a JetBrains IDEs mm-hmm. like that's, that's easy. But then because of my unique setup with different machines, um, synergy or seamless or whatever you want to call that project which was based mm. off of the well seamless is the company that kind of took over the open source project which was synergy they made it it is now commercial i pay for it there's another there's a new open source project that's not the commercial version Yeah,
0: and and there is one thing i'm gonna do which actually brings up a good point that's the seamless product because i do have a couple macs that for some t- testing purposes mm-hmm. like just some like you know this trash can macs those, oh, really? Uh, those, those old I Macs. have a couple because we had like a bunch of those at school. That, oh, okay. And we, we, we moved away from those to a, uh, we upgrade to a PC lab. So I have a bunch of these and I actually want to network you them, them say together. You
1: went from a Mac to a PC and we considered that an upgrade? I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have the, these trash can computers, which I fit nicely around my desk, but I don't want to tie them up. I don't want to <laughs> connect another monitor to it. That's
1: nicely what they like, around Little black
0: trash cans. De- <laughs> 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 and you can, you could actually no, toss stuff. Like... It has like an... Has Which like one do for, I empty? It, it has for, it has like an opening for the vent right for the right, vent to come out. Right. You can just toss, just like you know, tissues or whatever trash in there. To, it'll collect it. It, it will.
1: There. <laughs> you know, I'm shaking it like, I don't know why my hard drive's not functioning the way it used to. It's a to. very I, heavy I, trash can. Very yes. heavy trash can. Okay. <laughs>
0: But anyway, I do I need to hook it up because I want to do some testing on it. And mm-hmm. also, if I do any iOS development, I need to have a Mac. Oh, yeah, to. So yeah, I have yeah. a couple I, couple I took from school just to borrow because, you know, that's what teachers can do. what teachers do, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but the seamless product you're talking about is kind of interesting to me because I could run the their app on my Linux and on the Mac and be able to kind of control the mm-hmm, Mac mm-hmm. on, like, kind of bring up a screen on one of my screens. Like, how does it work? No, no,
1: it's not bring up the screen. So that you just use VNC for. Right. That all mm-hmm. that all exists. Just launch it, log in, boom, you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, what what Seamless does is I actually am running, you know, my Windows box, my Linux box, maybe something else in the future, who knows? And then because I have it running across all platforms, I can move the cursor from my host computer, which is my right now my Linux desktop. I just move mm-hmm. it across the screen into the Windows machine. So the Windows machine is actually running. I have it screen up. So for your use case, it would be like if you put a screen on that Mac. And put it on your desk. Mm, okay. Now so like a you solve could
0: problem. Just, so, like I said, I still need like like a VNC or some type of. That's what you would, you would use. You would use that instead yeah. of seamless.
1: Seamless works when you're running multiple computers and you want to actually have the screen up. You just don't want to have to have another keyboard and mouse. So it's it's the KVM solution. Is um. No, because KVM that, that exactly... has the video in it, right? So KVM is switching mm, from mm. computer to computer with one screen. This is saying, no, I expect that every computer I'm controlling has a screen. So like I okay. said, my, my Linux okay. box has three screens on it. I have the Surface Studio, which has this Surface Studio laptop, which has obviously a screen, and then it has a second screen underneath it. So I just say, Hey, let me use my keyboard with seamless. I can move my, my mouse from one from my Linux box right across you know, the little gap right into mm-hmm. the Windows um, box. And what it's doing, it's basically doing VNC, only without the screen on the Linux box, so it's like you don't have to see the screen because you're you have the screen in front of you. So I just move the mouse into there and I can do whatever I need to do. Uh, it does support like some clipboard management, so I can copy paste text from one from one computer to the other. Um, but yeah, no, that's it's to me it's nice because then I actually do have multiple computers and I leverage the fact that they're multiple computers because ones for. You know, doing research and and Slack and all that, and the other is my dev system, which I don't have to context switch away from. I can kind of see Slack and go into that easily, mm-hmm. and and communicate with people because it's all the same, all the same keyboard and mouse. So, but no, for you, if you want to do that, I would just run VNC on the on the uh, on the on the Mac, and then launch yeah. it launch it inside your other computer.
0: All
1: right, all right, do that. So it's the opposite of a virtual machine. It's a real machine. You just you know connect to it through uh, through VNC. Anyway, I thought it would the, the seamless would actually provide me that type of VNC. It would almost be
0: like all-in-one or something like that. I could just put it work. But, but, but free VNC is anyway.
1: VNC is it. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um use I think it's the same. I don't know if it's the same underlying code that like VNC uses for keyboard and 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 you know, input device management, but it's mm-hmm. it's definitely similar um in how it maps and says, "Oh, I know where you are." You know, because it's keeping track of where it is on my on my windows screen because as i move the cursor over it's like oh now you're no longer in it now i'm going to start moving it on your host machine again um and yeah. it's works pretty wait for it wait for it seamlessly so mm. yeah and i'm um, that's one of the, that's one of the things that i like i could not work without so i, I need that for sure and one thing i also rediscovered this week too because i was really? teaching it in my classes.
0: Because the way I teach my my web design classes, I, I run them through the whole gamut with you know learning how to do responsive design with with, with uh, you know media queries, then flexbox, CSS grid, you know all these modern kind of layout systems within CSS that, that uh, students should know. But then I then introduce CSS frameworks to them, saying okay, you know this is, bootstrap right, right, foundation. Right. My favorite one, Balma, which I haven't used in a while, but I because I, I, I m- mostly introduce it to students and I used to use it on a bunch of projects. I went back to it this week. I was like, wow, this is a really really elegant css framework and how the classes are defined that you use you add to to, to, to your um, html elements and the, the response it. it's built on flexbox too so if you understand flexbox because that's also i like showing the students how to do this without a css framework and then when you introduce a css framework too that's built on top of the systems that they're learning about then it actually you can see okay it actually makes things a lot easier Then if you need to modify it or make changes to it when you overwrite it with your own css rules be able to do that I went back to that CSS framework. Like you remember about Balma.io? Have you ever seen that? I remember framework? seeing
1: it years ago. I think
0: it's a really, really great framework because so I just I love frameworks with when they use really clean naming systems. Where like you know, just learning because that's one process about learning using a framework that, or or a library in general. That if you have to take time to really study the naming system or the conventions oh, that are used yeah. within it, yeah, yeah, it takes so long to get to the point. And with Balma, it's so so intuitive with the how they they. They name their classes and and the system and how you can combine them together with other classes and so it's just a really good pleasant system for you know a front end developer. So I was going to ask you like is there a framework that uh, or library that you could you you almost couldn't live without or if you use it you always go back to saying yeah it always makes me feel good when I use it because it feels like it's a really well built piece of software that developers put a lot of love into and it brings a lot of joy to your life.
1: A framework or library or library. That's a tough, I mean, like I, I like the, I like the Laminos code base a lot, you know, when I need some type of component. Um, but a uh, a library, I would honestly say for me, well, from a PHP developer standpoint, you can't live without composer, which is the dependency management system, right? Like you, you could, you could, you could install libraries and packages without it, but I don't know why you would. So, yes, the composer. Well, unless you have npm. Uh, <laughs> no. Um composer, which manages all the PHP dependencies, and if I'm going to spin up a project, it's going to be composer and PHP unit. Um oh, but I love from a mocking standpoint for testing, prophecy. Prophecy is Ooh, my okay. my favorite mocking library something and something that new comes for me. from the so PHP, PHP spec um people. So, I, I, I like it's I like how it treats mocks, um a little bit better than the built-in PHP mock For, it, for it, as
0: a is it a full testing framework,
1: mm, uh, no. prophecy fra- is just a mocking and assertion. Um, okay. So framework. you still use oh I see it still uses PHP unit. You can use for, PHP unit or you can use other yeah. testing frameworks. Okay. It just builds that mock object that then you can make assertions on. A did this happen or I expect this will happen, and I really like the way it behaves because it allows you to change the predictions with other predictions. So you can almost say, hey, if I set the username to Mark, then when I call git username, it should return Mark. And then you're like, well, aren't you just basically mm-hmm. describing the behavior of what you're mocking? Well, yeah. And when you have to use a mock, but you have to have some of those like, well, I don't really want to assert or make it fragile and say, whatever you give me, I'm going to, you know, I expect you to, I expect you to give me Mark. You can just say, no, whatever you pass in as a name, when you say call git name, I'm going to return whatever you last passed. So you can actually mock some pretty interesting behaviors when you're in a situation where you need to use a mock um, and you don't want to go through, say, some some tedious um, or f- more fragile test setup on your mock. So, now I, like, mm. I like prophecy a lot. Oh, look at that. But it is a PHP. Ah, yes. Mocking framework. Yes, so. it is. Yes, it is. I mean, would it be surprising that I would be interested in anything else i mean
0: that would be the day once you once you get, tell me that you've actually not jumped ship but you actually found this language and that you've fallen in love with it and you are you're starting to use it a little bit more than you use php i will be amazed because you know me i like to change my language you do like it, i change my yeah underwear so that's more than we <laughs> more than we every need, other day more than we needed <laughs>
1: Yet he doesn't want to have a social media <laughs> presence, folks. But And I was thinking these about that, damage. too. We get these After damage.
0: our conversation last week, yeah, how, I'm all, I want to get off all the social media networks. I want to, I want to, I want to loof of me. I want to clean them up. Right. I want to like right. purify right. my online presence. But then I do a show with you or I think about, oh, I got to get my, my blog back online so I can start you know, putting a message. I, don't, I think what I, my issue is I, I want to basically have control over the platform where I put my content. Perfect. I think that's, my, I that's like, my thing.
1: I like that. I like like that. I
0: like I like putting content out there. But I want to I want to almost I want to own the platform in a sense. So I have an
1: ownership stake in it. Here's something so I after our conversation last uh, last week, um, I'm just trying to f- pull it up right now. Um, I took a look at the new blue sky.
0: Mm, the AT okay.
1: or the AT protocol. I, I'm guessing they're calling it the AT protocol um from a developer standpoint because obviously i've not been invited to whatever thing that they say is on a wait list which i don't even know that they have anything they just want a sign up list so
0: is it blue sky web is
1: that what yeah blue yeah web.org yeah okay. um yeah I haven't I,
0: haven't, I haven't I know you talked about this or, i've heard about this but i haven't or seen, at so at,
1: AT, at proto.com um mm. is where you'll mm. get stuff about the the at, at protocol but it seems like it's very much focused on identity you know, validating who you are. And then when you look at how you're going to store your data, um, that's what, and for, for people who, who know how Mastodon works and all that, maybe maybe I'm wrong. And I will admit that I don't know it well. I'm just looking from the outside. What I saw, the feel I get from the Mastodon crowd is, yes, we have this federation thing, where you don't have to tie your content to one place, like Twitter, or even, say, Facebook. You can you can sign up at a Mastodon server that reflects you and your personality or your, you know, whatever um, that you're comfortable at. And then you can federate it so other people can follow you so they don't have to be on the same Mastodon server. So you don't have to be on, like, the PHP server, I think is what I'm on. Um, you can be on your, you know... You know, code of or language of the week server, and then you can follow my user, and that makes sense in it, and it works. But I believe, like that's where the federation stops. It doesn't allow me to easily. I may be wrong, but I don't see how it allows me to easily say, you know what, I want to jump ship from this. I want to. I want to join a different Mastodon mm. server, and I. I. I want my data to follow me. When you read yeah. through the at protocol docs. They are very much trying to set that up where you can, it's, and it, it feels, they don't say blockchain, but it feels very much like a, your history is, is in a cryptographically signed or, or whatever log of sorts. And it can be stored in multiple data repositories. So you can put it yeah. in multiple places. And if you decide, oh, I don't want to use that data repository anymore. I want to use this one over here. Completely fine. And does it have a way to revert? So let's say if if your information is being
0: federated between multiple systems or networks, and you decide, okay, like me, I want to pull back a little bit and make be a little bit more private. I can I revert that and sense pull that information. I back don't out know. Of those
1: I don't know about that because I'm not. I'm you know that's my interest doesn't lie there. That's as much. what I,
0: I think that's what I want control of. So let's say if if I think I, if you deleted you be- it,
1: it would just be deleted.
0: Yeah. It's, let's say you and I become enemies. And we say, right, okay, okay. We can't do this podcast anymore. Right. Well, I have I could we could have control to pull that information out right
1: oh to pull out, my, to, to like remove the podcast stuff
0: the r yes i can remove the rss feeds from all the the networks from podcast 2.0 index from the itunes store or the you know itunes I would rss feed i think you'd be able to do that so i you know you but you have control over that that's what i'm saying and just like if i have my website if i was like all right i don't i don't like the content my yeah website, just delete it pull it down it. I, have, I have control over that yeah. right that's what, that's what I want. In sense, I don't, I would,
1: I would be very enticed for it, be part of a social network or yeah, social I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can transfer your data repository. You can say, because I no longer want it here. I want it over there. So you could just say, I no longer want it here without the over there part.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Facebook, I think it was a Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember. One of them does provide a way to download. Your, yeah. There's your like information. a export all my stuff. Yeah. So there is a way to do that, but then getting to do, well, you can delete your whole account, mm-hmm. but then I don't trust Are they really deleting your whole account? You know, it's kind of, that's the other thing too, putting your faith into these walled garden social networks where like they try to give you a little bit of control saying, okay, if you want to deactivate your account, delete it, make it private, you could do that. But then to really be sure that your data is pulled out of there. If you just, if you want to, let's say, pulled out places somewhere someplace else, making you know, kind of guaranteeing that happens. I think that's an important feature to have.
1: And it looks like from uh, looking at the data repositories, the data repositories to me look very Git-like, where mm. one commit b- builds on another commit, builds on another commit. So there's some type of tree that mm. that has you know that kind of shows you what history is. You should be able. What I'm understanding as I'm looking at the protocol, you should be able to keep your data in multiple places, so you could have multiple data repositories. Should be able to remove it or get it removed. Like that was the whole. That was one thing that they're saying is if for some reason whatever data repository you're on doesn't want you anymore or doesn't want anybody anymore. You should be able to easily transfer that to a different data repository. Yeah. Yeah. Then the thing that was interesting was, um, oh, I forget what they called it, but this idea that there are certain things that happen, um, oh yeah, they, they have in a section called Achieving Scale and they call it small world networking versus big world networking, where small world networking is like, hey, the people you follow in your own posts, aggregating them so you can see them, that small world networking. And that happens, I think, on your, I think that happens in your in your data, I don't know if it's, want to say your data repository or your personal, yeah, I think it's your personal something, personal data server um, does that. But then they have these crawlers that do the big world stuff, like the aggregation of, well, how many people have viewed your post? That isn't your personal server that has to handle that type of stuff that is these bigger world things that connect to your personal server and see it. So think of it as like an R, like a podcast 2.0. I'm going to look at all these RSS feeds and I'm going to gather data from it and present you a view of the world that says, hey, here's aggregate data from all of these individual feeds. Where do the feeds live? The feeds live on their own servers, right? And the feeds live on your server. And if your server goes down, oh, we no longer count that because it's no longer there. I can't get to it but this 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 more metrics like how many people are following you? Well, that the crawling index does, an indexer, I guess does, and f- kind of aggregates that data. So separating those two things, I think allows it to have that notion of I can just change my personal data server. If I'm not a you know if if I'm not a technical user, I'm probably using some service mm-hmm. that allows me to have my data repository there and is my data server if i'm you or me maybe i'm running that someplace which is very yeah, much more actually, like what i want to be able to do i want and, it to be like a blog and yeah
0: this sounds like a, a really could be a great platform to build a website on top of like your own personal right website. and you could as a developer that you're maintaining but then it has this uh, protocol that can then send the data out which that's the other thing that with personal websites which you can, you know, you have you could have an RSS feed. You can right. probably send the RSS feed, but you are to really get your information out. You're really depending on the search engines, or mm-hmm. if you're trying to do some like social media marketing and you know, sending links out of the articles that you post. That's when that's why everyone went to Medium, right? You know, because it gave you that platform. If you're a writer I and mean, you like to make posts, well, that gives you distribution medium or medium uh, mechanism to do with your personal website. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit more manual or, you know, yeah, process. But this sounds like a great feature that you could add if you build your website on top of and it could basically federate your
1: data that'd be and to me it feels like if you wanted your own personal kind of like site blog okay maybe I'm putting out different content some things are long form content some things are shorter just you know tweets essentially little you know whatever we micro blogging was the term that they used before everybody just coalesced around twitter um you could probably connect that and say oh when I put a long form post here's the here's the here's the small version of that and that can go out on my you know on my at protocol as oh that was a post because i'm guessing there's some limit or maybe you want it to have mm-hmm. some limit right and it can refer back to your link but you you should be able to say oh it's all the same thing it's not like it's an integration between you know my blog and twitter where i have a summary that i tweet that post no yeah. it's like my blog then when when you look at it from a from an at protocol standpoint, just reduces big long-form posts to small thing. You know, re- takes, takes image posts and just does the thumbnail. You know, does whatever it needs to do to communicate with whatever this is, which is kind of like, you know, not known yet exactly how it's going to shape up and work. Um, but I feel like you can have a much tighter integration where it's like, well, this is my way I want to communicate. And other people can kind of subscribe to it through these mechanisms so it feels to me like kind of the next version of that rss like self publishing concept with this layer of federation and identity over top of it to make it easy for interaction to happen and people to actually take that next step and say oh how do i how do i comment on your on your on your on your post well you can using the at protocol so you don't have to say well i have my own comment section Oh, I want to see people's because that's the thing, right? You put comments on your blog, right? Anybody can comment mm-hmm. on it. How do you know who they are? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you make them have a WordPress login. Okay, not everybody has a WordPress login, but if it yeah. can be a more universal thing, where it's like, oh no, I know, I'm I'm just dropping in. This is all over, you know, this at protocol notion. If 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 it if it takes off and if it you know gains ground, and you can just but- comment and it'll have your identity tied to it. Yeah, it isn't I'm I'm super on board with this. I'm looking at the site at
0: proto.com. Yeah. at proto.com where you can see the like the, the the technical information about the proto, which I signed up to be uh part of the list here, so that's good. So it, it not it's interesting, they're, they're putting the documentation so you can actually see how kind of just generally how it's being built. I do like how their their identity system here is very simple. So users are identified by domain names in the app protocol. These domain names map to a cryptographic URLs which secure the user's account and its data. I right. love that. Yep. Going back to domain names, like everybody should have them. everybody should have a domain name. That's right. Like and that and that's the one true source of identity, right? What's your domain name? But I like this idea that a mapping in the system though, mapping the domain name to a cryptographic URL
1: to basically almost then privatize your your information then so that's it's kind of cool yeah it looks like they're doing private public key signing things like that if yeah. i'm not mistaken here um so then you have authenticity that yep this is this is this user mm-hmm. and and then i know it hasn't been changed because it's signed so i think it's interesting i'm i'm interested to see where it goes um i feel here's the thing i mean whether you like him or not jack has probably thought about what he wishes Twitter would have been for many years. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like this is maybe the, Oh, I see the problems. I see the issues. I see where we could have done it differently. And now I have the opportunity to do it differently. Yeah. It turned into a beast that he did not
0: expect. I think so. Yeah. And he, he missed that. And, uh, that's why he left and he you know kind of let go of it a bit and then let, and then suggested for Elon to buy it so that he could <laughs> re- redo it, and I'm sure him and him and, and Jack are definitely talking. I like I think like Jack said he doesn't want to be on the board of the private company, but yeah, you know, I think he's think definitely he's talking, an advisor. If, I think yeah. I
1: feel like and this is we're gonna go full circle back to where we started. I feel like different management techniques, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, it was Jack that was saying, you know, hey, how about just every once in a while we take just a day off as a company, so you guys don't, you know, don't burn out. And Elon's like, how about you sleep in the office? How about, yeah, I've got this idea. We just put beds by your desk. And when you wake up, you can just go back to fixing this thing that I want you to fix. And I can get this, This I, I can understand this. Well, we're going to do this for a little bit to, to, to release the things that we need to release to get it done. But if you look at his companies, I don't know that that's ever been the truth. I don't know that it's yeah. ever been for a little bit and then we stop. And hey, if that's what is meaningful to you is to work extremely long hours to build somebody else's dream, um, hey, there's here's good news. There are places where you can get a job where that is the culture. Uh, Wasn't that your not gonna,
0: what's not your, your your tagline? I'm well, a
1: builder of other people's. dreams? Oh yeah, as a contract developer, yeah, I build other people's yeah. dreams. So <laughs> so there you go. And as long as you get paid well that's for it, exac- that's, all, you that's know. exactly right. Yeah turns out sometimes they're nightmares but anyway <laughs> turns out maybe that idea wasn't as good as you thought it was anyway it'll, only if that project comes from upper yeah only <laughs> speaking of, all right i'll go full circle on this one i was when it was odesk i think i was odesk verified which means i like scanned my driver's license and sent it to them, so they could be like no you are a real person you're not yeah. a bot on our system which is why opening up the twitter verification i think is a good thing i don't know that charging eight dollars a month for it is a good thing but this idea that more people can be verified, I, I found that it, it felt like there was two pushbacks to that idea. One was people saying, you shouldn't have to pay for this. And I can appreciate that. You shouldn't have to pay for someone to be able to say, is this really you? Especially in contexts where, you know, for people who are well known, where there could be legitimate people posing as them, and there is a concern that, well, are you really you or not? It would be great to verify you, and you're going to say, well, yeah, but if you want that protection from people claiming to be you and being fraudulent about your identity, you have to pay us for it. I can see that being like, no, nah, that doesn't seem right. Um, but I felt the tone of some of the we don't like that you might let people get this if they pay was more like a no, no, only us really important people deserve to have our identities verified. Only us celebrities uh, deserve to have the I know you're not a bot status. Normal people don't. They shouldn't get the I'm not a bot status.
0: You know, what Twitter should do is that they should do like a tiered system. So if you have, let's say, over a 1,000 users, then you pay this, right? Or maybe under 1,000 users pay this right very nominal fee maybe like it's five bucks or maybe it's a one-time fee right but then one time so for, for, for most users who have you know a very you know low low amount of followers like under around a thousand or maybe between a thousand ten thousand whatever they would be pay a one-time fee good and done verify the identity i think a lot of people before that and then if you scale up to tens hundreds millions of followers then you have to pay a little bit more well, because think that, then, you
1: think because that verified identity is more important to you, or it's still a one time fee. Probably,
0: I think it does have more. No, I think it does have more value. I think if if you're a celebrity or some, you know, a politician or whatever, I don't know, who has one hundred thousand million followers, I would actually care more about my identity. So like right now, if somebody if I found another marker <laughs> I don't mind and it's really like they were trying to steal my identity, I think it would be cute. I was like, all right. <laughs> but because I don't know if it would really hurt my my business in a sense, but or right you now, but I could totally understand where somebody's their identity it really is their business in a sense there's it, you know it has a financial thing to it i i could see that it has more value and i honestly they should and they have the money too to kind of pay for that
1: too maybe i think it depends though it depends on who you are and and why you have the following and what money you have out of it right yeah. like not everybody who has a big following is making money off of that following so i mean i i feel like if you just said i know what you're saying value makes sense they mm-hmm. they they derive more value from it therefore you know, you could charge them yeah. more for it. Yeah. But I feel like on that side, more of a cost based pricing where a this is the this is the what it costs us to verify your identity. And we're just going to pass that on. to You, you want a verified identity? Pay us this much. And like you say, a one time fee. And yeah. it's like, yep, I'm going to submit whatever documents I need. And you can yeah. say, yes, this is actually Tim Lytle. I, mean, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, and when he says he's in Pennsylvania, he is in Pennsylvania. Um, and that's really what? him. Not when my VPN's on. Well, like across yeah, the world, jumping. I'm hopping between endpoints. Yeah. Would you even want a verified identity? Because you, I feel like what no, you, I, don't. I feel like what you no, want. No, I don't. You no. want there to be a little bit of a question mark? Is this really Mark that's on Twitter? I would like to create like a fake identity, a fake and then I
0: could then verify.
1: You want to? F- <laughs> but that's going to cost you more. <laughs> that's that's going to that's going that's going to cost you more. But we, uh, we'll probably be able to work it out. You can get a fake identity. Wow, I feel I feel like. Here's the thing. I feel like there are people that are selling those fake identities, Mark. And as, <laughs> yep, a, as a college yep. professor, I feel like you may know people <laughs> that know how to get in contact with them. I'm just saying. So it uh, <laughs> shouldn't be too hard. shouldn't be too hard for you to pull that we'll off. We'll see. But I own my own domain name. I will always own my own domain name. I go. recommend everybody to have a domain name, and that's where your identity should be. Did you know that I could not get Timladle.com Somebody else already owned that? Yeah, Another we could. Another yeah. yeah. So I am timladle.net. One a That's day. okay. As long as you have a domain One name, day. you have. You know, do you have any yeah. service out there that waits for it to expire and then buys it? Oh, yeah. I lost it. my
0: last name. I used to have CobraLine.com. Really? And I let it, I just, I, I just let it expire, and <laughs> I think I said told this before, and then guess who bought it? I don't, I don't know. Somebody that has a business co- that says CobraLine Sewage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a sewage company. <laughs> A trash sewage company in not, um, in Pennsylvania. I did not realize you were part have, of a it's, sewage it's, empire. It's, it's a family business. If you go to CobraLine.com right now, you'll see it. CobraLine.com. I can't get Lytle.com. And I back used to home. have it.
1: I used to have it, but I got lazy. I let it expire. Never. And then they snatched it up. Never let this be a lesson to all of our listeners. Never let your domain expire. And always listen to Dev Friday.